0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Percussion Pedagogy Podcast. Our first series is all about teaching during the COVID-19 pandemic, something that all of us have been working through since March. However, the goal of this series and this specific topic in general is not to focus solely on the negative. I want us to help each other whether that's by helping you find comfort in knowing that you aren't alone during this time and helping you deal with the nervousness of going back to school, or by helping you find fun and creative ways to continue to educate and inspire your students when they return. I want this to be a place where we can sit down and just talk about our experiences and hopefully bring some encouragement and maybe even excitement into your plans for the coming school year. I've tried to make the interview lineup as diverse as possible with the hopes of shedding light on situations that are similar to yours. We have first-year directors, university professors, directors with decades of experience, specialists, and many more. As I mentioned before, the podcast interviews are edited so that we get to the heart of the subject matter right away. However, I want you to get to know these interviewees and all the wonderful things that they're doing. So, for more information about who these people are, please head over to our website, hosted at TommyDobbsPercussion.com, for an unedited video of this interview, as well as other information about these inspiring people. Also, please make sure to check out our Instagram at the Percussion Pedagogy Podcast for pictures, updates, and more. Our next guests are Brad and Crystal Reeves from Van Buren, Arkansas. Brad and Crystal are part of one of the hardest working band director teams I have ever met. And I'm honored to have them on the show as they bring years of teaching experience to the table as well as an overwhelming passion for music education. I'm always inspired when I visit their rehearsals and I'm excited for you to hear what they've been up to during this pandemic. Okay, it's time for me to be quiet and let the professionals do the talking. What was teaching like um, during the pandemic?
1: A, it was awful. <laughs> it was awful. Um, I'm, there's no music education, and I really think education, period, um, is not meant to be behind a computer screen. Yes. I know, I know there are, I've taken, my master's degree was all online. I get that. But there is a certain, what you know, me being able to, you know, physically fix something on a student or being in person to give them a high five or, you know, there is a certain, I don't know, intimacy. I don't know if that's the right term, but being, you know, face to face with a kid and, and them knowing that you care, it's a whole lot different than going through a computer screen.
0: What sort of technology were you using to obtain the information? Was it in groups? Like, did you have them all
1: play together on Zoom or you said Google Meets? We would, so we utilized Google Meet. Um, We would get the kids together in the meet and we would warm up together. Um, They would be on mute, we would not be. Okay. Um, So we would just have to trust that they were playing. (laughs) Um, And throughout the warm-up process, we were like, okay, Jackson, unmute it, let's hear you play this. Okay. And then ROK okay, uh, Jason, let me unmute I mean, it. Let me hear you play this, um, so that we could give them some feedback. Um, and so we, at that point, we would then introduce the material. Um, and then something that we've already built had built in our our program for probably about I don't know, we do think ten years. Crystal oh, okay. um, is Google voicemail. And so oh. we we have a curriculum that we follow with beginners um, that you know pass offs. Everybody does pass offs, but we only have a thirty seven minute beginning band period. Um, and so we can't sit there and listen to a kid every day in person, play a pass off. So what the kids do is this Google voicemail, it, they, they dial it, it goes straight to voicemail. They leave their name, they play what they're going to play. And then we assess it at a later date. Hmm. Um, kids that we could, that couldn't make it to the meets, we would um, record the meets, upload it to Google classroom uh, so that they had the opportunity um, to go back and, and, and learn some of the material that we had um, had already covered in the meet. The thing that we was the most important to us, and we kind of learned this um, th- through some AMI work that our oldest daughter was doing. Is some of the work was really really beneficial, um, and then some of it felt like busy work. Mm, okay, and so. And, you know, the, the, the AMI Day, and I get it being busy work because the AMI Day stuff that we were using initially um, was not created for a pandemic. It was created for that occasional snow day um, so that at the end of the year, we didn't have to make up the days. And so we what we had learned is the material needed to be meaningful and the kids had to have constant feedback. The constant feedback is what keeps them going if they know that you're not going to listen to the assignment or grade the assignment then they're not going to do the assignment Um, and so it was really important for us to give them bite-sized chunks and then constantly give them feedback yeah so
0: how was that uh I mean you said 900 students I know you have a team and obviously you're organized how did that affect you like as a teacher having to do that so so meticulously every day how how did that affect you
1: we were working 12 hour days, um, to teach the material, grade material, create new material. Um, and then at the same time we've got a preschooler and a fourth grader that we're trying to also teach. Um, and then at the same time, we've got recruiting that we've got to do and, you know, um, it killed our soul. You know, it, 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 it was, and, and we were, there were depression there. I mean, we were, there were times that we were depressed. Mm -hmm. Um, we were very manic. Our highs were very high. The lows felt very low to us. Um, and you know, it made me never, (laughs) you know, we, as teachers, you've always, at some point in your career, you've always got that one class that you're like, man, I just don't want to teach that class today. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe they got some difficult kids in it or they're just not getting it. It, throughout all this, I will never complain about having to teach a class ever again because I just missed it so much, you know? Sure. Um, so something that we came up with to get to see our kids um, is we came up with something, and this was Ron Smith. He came up with this. We called it P4. And it started, it, st- it, it stood for Pointer Pride, which is what we call our marching band, Pointer Pride uh, Pizza Patrol. <laughs> and so what we did Um, is we did this probably three or four different times is, you know, we've got everybody in remind and we sent out a a text saying, okay, the first six people who, um, text us their address, um, we're going to show up to your house with a pizza. But the only thing is you have to play for us when you get there and earn your pizza. Oh, awesome! Um, and so we did that. We made videos and put it up on our social media page because, um, You know, it was kind of fun and we wanted everyone else to get to see it. And, um, we did that, you know, we did it with pizza. We did it with popcorn, some gourmet popcorn. Um, we did it with Popeye's chicken sandwiches. (laughs) Uh, That one was really fun. Um, and you know, we tried to ramp up our social media presence Mm -hmm. throughout all of this, um, because we wanted people to know we are essential and music education is essential. Um, you know, because, you know, you would visit with people, they would say, oh, it must be nice starting summer early. And I'm like, no, I'm working way harder now than I did, you know, than we do in the regular school year because we're having to create stuff on the fly. And so we want, we wanted to have a heavy set of social media presence. And so this was just one way that we had that social media presence.
2: Well, and I tell you the the people who were the most excited about that were the parents. They'd be out there with their phone, they were the first ones to say thank you. And they said it 10 times. They were, they were the, probably the most excited because they, you know, they were, it's like they got to show off their kid a little bit. And that was, and that was definitely uh, beneficial. Yeah.
1: You know. You know, we tell, we tell our kids all the time when we start recruiting them in fifth grade, that this is a family mm-hmm. and, you know, this is the way that we continued um, showing them that we're a family Um, you know, something else that we did. And we kind of took a page out of the college football recruiting side of things. And Ron Smith and I would sit down with kids contact information and we would text 20 kids a day. And um, you know, how are you doing? You need anything, you know? and, And, you know, it was a way to keep, keep up with them it was a way to help with recruiting obviously um but you know again we're, we we tell them we're a family and what better way to show that we're a family than by calling them and texting them and showing up to their house and you know in that aspect of things we we really enjoyed continuing on with that
0: Now that we might face this again, you know, um, maybe in round two or whatever they're going to call it, what do you think our role is as music educators? Like, what's our purpose? What's our role um, for these students?
2: Well, I think I think we've shown our value. Um, At at least society at large has seen the value of music because those are the things that people are turning to in times of isolation. You know, Um, those are the videos they were watching. They're you know watching videos of concerts. You saw online concerts everywhere and. Um, I think we've shown our value. In fact, like our retention from grade to grade, uh, we yeah. haven't gotten to do our fifth to sixth grade recruiting in its entirety, but um, grade to grade retention for us as good as it has ever been. And we were really afraid about that because we didn't get our t- a chance to really talk to them and pull kids in and, you know, talk them into staying. value.
1: So for instance, going from eighth grade to ninth grade, you're going from two different schools to our freshman Academy here. Um, and every single eighth grader but 10 has signed up for Freshman Academy Band for next year. Now, of those 10, I'd be willing to bet half of them have not turned in any schedule stuff yet, Um, and so I think that number will actually end up becoming lower, Um, But and it's the best retention that we have ever had Um, because I think these kids realize that we have put forth effort and we have put forth um, you know, it was when we did our last Google meet, these kids were almost in tears because, you know, they, they would say, this is, I've been looking for, I look forward to this every week. I look forward to this. Um, and, you know, giving them a place, you know, we, we would start the class just, you know, how are you doing a, a You know, a check-in, how are you? Do you need anything? Mm-hmm. Um, and they really realized that, We care, you know, um, somebody told me one time that people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And that's kind of, I mean, this was 100% true. You know, they don't care about your content. They don't care about your class unless they know that you care about them. And so we felt this was, I mean, it was a great way to show that and it's helped with our retention. Um, Going into what possibly will be in the fall, I really, really believe that we're going to be face-to-face in the fall. I really do. Um, I think there will be some occasional times where we might have a week off or two weeks off here or there um, to let people, you know, let them sanitize things, let them, um, you you know, get well, you know, that kind of thing. But I think things are going to get back to normal. They, ha- they have to get back to normal. Um, our economy can't c- continue to grow if parents are having to stay home to watch their kids. And so um, I think we'll see some blended learning stuff. You know, Van Buren is already unique. We already had a virtual charter school as part of our school district. Hmm. Um, and the cool thing about that is the kids that are part of that tra- uh, virtual school, uh, we call it the River Valley Virtual Academy. The kids that are already a part of that get to still participate in athletics and band and stuff like that. Um, and so you know our district has already got some things built in place that other school districts are kind of building on the fly. and we we have a superintendent in Vane Buren um, that is the best in the business. I, I firmly believe that and has, You know, throughout all of this, has kind of seen where some things could go, and has put things in place over the last few years, so that we're not feeling the crunch district wide as some other districts are, uh, because we already had a virtual learning um, in place.
2: And I think, I I think going forward, you know, we're going to have kids that we might not see in person for the next two years because uh, I mean, they're just a vulnerable population and they need to stay home. Um, and, and so the, the virtual academy allows for that. Um, I think that is a minority though, for sure. Um, I think most parents do want their kids back in school. I think they learned that they do mm-hmm. not like to homeschool and they want them there. <laughs> um, you know, we don't know what our parameters will be. We're kind of of the mindset, tell me the rules and I am gonna follow them. We'll figure it out. We will make it happen no matter what. If we have to have smaller class sizes, fine, we'll figure out, you know, if we have to, if we have to wear a face shield while we teach, buy me 50, you know, and we will, if we had to have band outside, we'll have band outside, all right, and winter, put on your coat, (laughs) and, you know, it's just, we'll play by the rules um, to keep students safe, Um, but I'm not, we're not, we're not coming at it from a posture of fear, we're coming at it from, all right, let's get after it, you know, we'll we'll figure it
0: out. I love that, and uh, you might have already answered this. This is, I think, my final question, unless we just go off on a tangent, but what advice are you going to give people, like, or can you give people that are going back into the trenches, just like you are, Um, whether they're university professors or or first-year teachers, like, what are some things that you've learned that that you want to say to them?
2: It's really easy to be fearful, but it's kind of like if you come at it like your first year of teaching all over again, where there's so much you don't know, and there's so much you're unsure of, you have to take it one day at a time. You can plan ahead, but you, you have to plan ahead at l- just at least one day at a time. You know, when you're learning a new instrument that you have to teach, you, you know, you have to stay one day ahead of them. And um, we can go in prepared with plan A, B, C, D, Um, but things are changing and changing very quickly. And if you come at it from the, from a position of one day at a time, and I'll figure, we'll figure it out. It's, it's a lot easier than, Oh, what about this and this and this and this and this, you know, then it can be really overwhelming.
1: Well, I think, I think it's important that educators, and I'm not just saying music educators, I'm saying from the math teacher to the English teacher, just educators in general, you have got to show that you are essential. Um, you have got to show that you are not using it as a vacation. You know, there are lots of educators out there that use the last little bit as extended vacation. Um, And that's not good for our career. That's not good um, for kids. And I think going forward, every one of your decisions have to be made at what, what is best for student learning? What can we do to mit- mitigate learning and, and keeping them safe at the same time? Um, and you have got to prove that you are essential because when the t- cut, the time comes to cut positions or to cut programs or whatever, if you're showing that you're not essential, it's pretty easy to cut that. Mm. Um, you know, so, you know, again, in in a time where we're in a pandemic, our superintendent and our school board has seen the the benefit and the need of music education to where we not only filled a position for a, a staff member that went to another school district, we added a band position, yeah. um, and that's because he sh- he sees that we're essential and that we are necessary in a student's life and um this doesn't happen by accident you know you have got to constantly be showing people why your program is important for kids in your community
2: and something else that's going to be a really big challenge this fall and again this is something that's going to be a challenge for absolutely every educator is meeting kids where they're at because they're going to be at a lot of different places they're going to be kids who played their instrument all summer they're going to be kids we get who have not played their instrument for six months. And so we have to take them where they're at and go from there. And we'll have to kind of put aside all of our previous goals. You know, you have your your landmarks of where you want to be by such and such time. Uh, we're going to have to put that away and put that aside.
0: Percussion Pedagogy Podcast is engineered and edited by me, Tommy Dobbs. The music you hear was created by my good friend, Ryan Robinson. Our logo and all graphic design work was created by Janelle Ann. And finally, this podcast is a product of Hindex Productions. That means every episode has to be approved by these two lovely Yorkies right here. So, what do you think, Fellas?